Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. Hello, hello, hello again. We meet again. Hello, everyone. I'm sorry. I'm already cracking up. I'm going to screw it up again. That's Megan. That's Tyler. There we go. If you're with us the last episode, you'll get you'll get why. <laughs> why that's so funny. Um, yeah, so we're out of practice. Yep. We're um, uh, Whiskey and Wonder. Yep. Podcast where we get together and we review whiskey and teach the other something that has made us wonder. Yes. And boy, do we have a doozy of, of a wonder this week. Oh, I'm excited. Um, so... We'll start things off by saying, I screwed up. <laughs> and it's, it's it's my fault. It's a pretty big screw up. Yeah. Uh, pretty much when we, a little behind the curtains here, when we're going through and uh, uploading all the, all the stuff, putting the episode in all the places it needs to go, video, audio, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's a handful of major steps and even more minor steps. And I missed probably the two most important steps, which were to upload it to the <laughs> website that disperses the podcast version and upload it to YouTube and enable it to become public on a certain date. I forgot the date that it becomes public, so it never went on YouTube or it went on YouTube late and I just never uploaded it to yeah podcasting so, world yep so uh I apologize it came out a week and a half after it should if you're a if you're a member of our Patreon you got it on time though hey. so good for you yay taking care of taking care of the people that pay us <laughs> um <laughs> thank you Patreon yes thank you guys and everyone else who supports us yes that all was wonderful things that was just a uh brain fart and a and a fuck up. Oh yeah, just a screw up. I just screwed up. And I'm gonna be honest, it's not gonna be the last time. I mean so, we are all human, it happens. Absolutely. So. so um on that note, we're gonna dive right into the announcements. Um we've been a little life's been getting in the way lately. So Ugh. we've we've not been as consistent as we would like, but we're we're working on that. We're gonna try to limit the amount of uh life that happens. <laughs> Ideally? <laughs> yeah, ideally. Um, so until then, uh, you know, just keep hanging with us. We're at, this is episode 95. Oh my God. 95. 95. And I actually happen to know this is the 99th episode we've recorded because oh, not, all, not episodes all episodes get a number. No, we have the specials, specials. The specials do not get numbered. So this is the 99th episode that we have recorded and put out or is this the hundredth did i read that wrong Uh oh either way we have 99 episodes out this oh is this is number 100 this is number 100 holy sorry. shit again see i told you i'm gonna screw up sorry that's that's <laughs> what i do part of life um so yes this is our hundredth episode of recording together wow. so 100 episodes uh, yeah. or, or recordings of whiskey and wonder yeah holy so. shit that's um, impressive. That's a huge an, an deal. An impressive feat. So that is a very big deal. Um, now that we're done patting ourselves on the back, um, <laughs> check out our Patreon where we've got uh, a couple different tiers, some benefits there. 
Uh, you can vote for the Infinity Bottles, which are our own personal uh, blends. blends. Yeah, you can see them on the shelf behind Megan there. We've got the bourbons, the one half full, and the rye is the one with a couple in it. Um, all our Patreons, it's 2 bucks a month, uh, and you can vote whether or not the stuff we do goes in those, and then we'll try those on a special um, after they've had time to steep and everybody gets to know everybody and meshes together and whatnot in there. So mm-hmm. um, got a couple other things going on on Patreon and some other uh, other tabs. You can get early access to the podcast and the video. You can get early access uh, to some merch. You can get uh, discounts on merch as well as some free stuff. So, and um, I may have mentioned it earlier, but we'll talk a little bit more about that later um check out the store at whiskeywonder.com slash store shop one of those um whiskeywonder.com has everything you're looking for yes it's whiskeywonder.com slash store the menu is called shop um that's why that always confuses me by the way everybody anyway um yeah whiskeywonder.com slash store we got some t-shirts there for both men and women styles and we have our tumblers as well as stickers if you want to get it and, you know, advertise. So uh, the last note that I wanted, Megan, you're looking like you have something you want to say. Oh, no. no? Okay. The last note that I wanted to make is the last episode I mentioned that I had seen some YouTube channels with their merch, like on the under the video mm-hmm. of the YouTube channel. And... I looked into that. I was going to look into that. I did. And we don't meet. We're nowhere we're not near there. The, no, we're nowhere no. near the threshold for that. So if you want to help, uh, help us get there, make sure you like subscribe, uh, comment, comment your opinion on the whiskeys that we do or your topic yes. or, or the topic we do and let us know what you think about them. That all helps drive the YouTube algorithm. And so we need more of that to, to unlock, uh, these features for you guys. So, Comment, like, subscribe, rate, give us a thumbs up. Like it says on the screen, I'll put them all up there again because I have the power. Um, okay, yeah, my, my one button didn't work there. Okay. <laughs> I um, have the power, kind of. Maybe. Um, check us out. All this stuff's going to be in the show notes, but check us out, whiskeyandwonder.com. YouTube, you can search Whiskey and Wonder and you'll find us. Patreon.com slash Whiskey and Wonder. Email is contact at whiskeyandwonder.com. We actually have a mail time today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a mail time last t- last week. I just completely forgot about it. So uh, all the other places you can find us are down below in the show notes or the YouTube notes, whatever you want to call them. So... Uh, and I almost forgot the most important part. Thank you to those who donate yes. and subscribe and like and tell their friends and buy stickers and buy glasses and do all the amazing, yeah. wonderful stuff for supporting us. Thank you guys so much. Wouldn't be here without you. Yeah. Um, all right. On that note, I just had a complete derailed train of thought. Anyway. Open segment. All right. Megan, what's been going on? Huh, man. Um, I can't catch a break in life. Um, so the reason why we didn't record last weekend is because I got a 
horrific like sinus infection that's still hanging on. I still have a bit of a cough every now and then. My voice kind of goes in and out. Sounds kind of weird. Um, like right now, I'm about to cough. So Tyler, if I can help. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm uh, I'm not in much better shape to be honest with you. <clears throat> so I've I've had this uh, since I was a kid. I always got this terrible cough in the fall time, um, and it was just just always got a little tickly throat. And for about five years, the last five or so years, it went away. And it's back with a vengeance this year. I've been coughing. I can feel there's stuff in my chest. So I think I'm developing fall allergies or redeveloping fall allergies. I wonder if that's what this is that's going on is something that I'm going to just have to live with for fall. So I feel like it's been a long time. Yeah, I I absolutely hate it. I love it's a lovely time of year. I just hate the cough that comes with it. Yeah, um, fair. So anyway, as you were saying, you've you've had a, a rough week yep. cough-wise? Um, super coffee didn't have a voice for quite a few days. Um, it's just, it's been really rough. So I'm ready to, like, be healthy and, like, happy and, like, nothing should fuck up. Like, that we, we're done. We're done. 2022, rest of the year. Smooth sailing. You've jinxed us. Thanks. <laughs> no, Way to go. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Glad you've got a voice today. Um, I. <clears throat> Sorry, Shelby is blowing my phone up right now, asking me about Disney Plus, which I don't have. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been dealing with this cough, and I think I, I mentioned the most exciting thing that's happened in my life. Um, did I mention? Off air. Off air, what was going to happen? Mm-hmm. You have not told anyone. No? No. Okay. Well, uh, I realized that it is time, or it was time, for me to stop working two jobs in addition to trying to do whiskey and wonder. And I have quit my second job. I have one more shift left. I'm going to help out uh, with a, an event in the middle of November on a Saturday. Um, and everything, I mean, everything was good. It was, I think I caught the, the folks by surprise, but you know, everything was, was a smooth uh, I don't want to say it was a smooth transition, but you know they it was understood. Am- amicable. Yeah, it was amicable. I mean, uh, it, it was. Uh, I want to say it was better than amicable. Like I've been there multiple times since then. You know, like yeah, I've, I've gone there and played trivia, and I made it very clear when I was leaving. It was it was because I knew it was time for me to get out of customer service, mm-hmm. and I wanted. I, I care a lot about that place, and I care a lot about those people that own it, and that I wanted to end things on good terms. I've watched a lot of people go through there and kind of, for one reason or another, lose the desire to be there, whether it's lose the desire of customer service or just want want something different. Or, you know, I've just watched things get bad, and I didn't want that experience. And I can just tell from myself that I'm tired of dealing with people. Uh, in that, in that, 
in that sense. Um, and yeah. so I'm, I'm very glad that they understood the way they did. Um, and you know, I just, I, I love those people like their family and have every intentions of, of, of still supporting the brewery just from the other side of the bar. Yeah. So. Well, that's good. Well, congratulations yep. on this big step forward. Thanks. Um, and that kind of leads me into my next, what I was kind of hinting at earlier. Uh, I am hopeful that this will free me up to do a little bit more with Whiskey and Wonder. Um, it's kind of been stagnating here lately. And so hopefully that'll let me produce some extra content, you know, maybe do like uh, a Whiskey Wednesdays. Now I won't be so caught up on my Wednesdays trying to, since I'm going to have the majority of my weekends back and, and also NASCAR's ending next week's the last race. So, um, you know, I'll, I won't have to spend, uh, not that I have to spend, but that's Shelby and my, yeah, you that's know, that's thing. our thing. We, we like to watch NASCAR together on Sundays. So, yeah. So that I'm sure we'll, we'll still be spending time together, but you know, I'm just expecting my schedule to free up some. So nice. I would like to start on like a whiskey Wednesday or a, a fun Friday or something where we do like a live hangout for our patrons. Um, maybe we do it every other Friday or something like that. I, you know, we're, we're, nice. we're workshopping some ideas, but we do have stuff in the works for you guys like that. Very cool. Very cool. So, um, what else has been going on with you? Um, how's your, how's your noggin? <laughs> it is in the process of being repaired. Uh, it's a it's a way longer process than I ever expected it to be. Um, but hopefully I'll be, um, back to, you know, a hundred percent performance there estimating in, uh, you know, late December. Um, I should be like a hundred percent normal. Um, and I, I'm, I'm again, I'm ready. Like I'm <sighs> tired of all this craziness going on. Um, as on, and on the same topic of my noggin. I have dyed my hair again. I, I figured that might be where you were going with that phrase. Yes, I noticed that. Yes. Uh, so this is um, actually the first time I have not gotten my hair done professionally. Um, I, what? Yeah. I am very... Um, oh, I am so sorry. I know that okay. came through. It did, but that's okay. Sorry, I couldn't hold it in. <laughs> Um, I'm very, very fortunate that my best friend and her wife are both professional groomers. And if you can cut a dog's hair, maybe you can cut a human's. And, uh, they did a phenomenal job because I am a baroque ass bitch with my head injury. Um, I'm, I understand. So I am super broke. I could not justify spending money to get my hair done professionally, but it, it needed to be done. And uh, they did my hair for me, and it's uh, very C-esque. We do we have like dark blue, teal, and uh, some emerald green. Um, I have like a full undercut now, um, and I just have to like train my hair to now stay to the side where oh. it's a, where it's a supposed. I to didn't be even staying. I didn't even notice that. Yep, uh, that we dyed it on Friday, so. 
Do they typically dye uh, dog hair? I'm just curious. It's more popular than you think, yes. Fucking people. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I got my hair did. Uh, well, I like the color. It, it's a very nice color. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I think the only other really exciting thing that's happened in my life... Uh, actually, no, I can think of two things. Number one, I'm very proud of this. I, I saw you went and used the bathroom earlier. Did you notice any differences in there? Uh-oh. No. Was okay. I supposed to? I'm no. sorry. No, 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 no. I was I'm genuinely <laughs> curious. So my guest bathroom, um, I we I think I talked about it on here. Shelby and I redid it, uh, you know, a year or so ago, several months ago at least. And part of the redoing, we painted it a, a darkish shade of blue. And I noticed when I put up, I changed the lighting around and made the light more of like a daylight instead of kind of like the warm, you know, what we've got in here. And in doing that, there was basically all the light was on the, 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 the side of the room opposite the bathtub. So like if you pulled the shower curtain closed, it got pretty dark in the shower. Mm. I didn't like that. So we ended up getting one of those wafer lights for 30 bucks and cutting a hole in the ceiling right above the shower, putting that in there and wiring it. So now instead of two switches, there's three switches. Oh, snap. One, I did not notice yeah, that. Yeah, oh. one controls the light over the shower. One controls the lights the way they used to be, and one controls the fan. So, Oh, cool. So, yeah, we spent uh, all evening Tuesday doing that, which was uh, frustrating, honestly, just because of the amount of little shit that, that always goes wrong. But... Overall, the satisfaction of doing something like that is is awesome. I've I'm learning skills. I've got an. I think we talked about it on here before. I have an unfinished room above mm-hmm. my garage um, that is ultimately going to be the Whiskey and Wonder Studio whenever it gets finished. Whenever I have time and money, um, and it's looking like that. Hopefully, knock on wood, should be sooner rather than later. So, <clears throat> I'm learning skills so that I can save some money by doing a lot of that myself. Nice on weekends and stuff, which may take into some of that time I was talking about earlier for Whiskey and Wonder, but we will see how that goes. Um, well, dang, I'm proud of you. You guys, well, you wired it yourself? And, oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, wi- wiring. The hardest part of the wiring was figuring out how Joe Bob had rigged it up. It To, to my eye, it looks like whoever installed the bathroom fan did an aftermarket job. It looks like some amateur did it and the way it was wired is was not up to code I <laughs> guarantee that but i uh i had to decipher what was going on and i was able to and able to to connect everything i watched a lot of youtube videos on it but i think i have a pretty good understanding of uh electrical wiring now i'm pretty sure nice. I, could, I could wire up that room upstairs no issues and um I, I've known how to drywall. It's just a matter of framing a couple walls, and the stairs are going to be the problem, frankly. But I guess I can deal with that last. Anyway. it's exciting. Awesome. Yep. So it's just a matter of cost and having the time to do the work and you know how frustrated I'm going to get before I say, fuck this and hire somebody. Yep. Um, but hopefully that won't be the case. Anyway, the other thing that I wanted to mention is... And I don't know if I mentioned this on here, but I had looked into 
Uh, I I looked into uh, the air traffic controller application. Did I mention that on here? I can't remember if you mentioned it on here, if you only have talked to me about it off air. So, basically, uh, if you don't know the air traffic controllers, it's a federal federal thing, and when you... Basically, they take applications once a week. Uh, I'm sorry, one week out of the year. And in that process, um, there's a lot of... Um, conditions you have to meet and one of them is the fact that you cannot be over the age of 30 i i misunderstood it originally i thought you had to be under 30 but you cannot be over the age of 30 um and so i'm 29 and i said hmm, why not so i applied why the hell not right mm-hmm. they make good money so Anyway, this past Friday, I went and took uh, part of the application process is you get you have to take an aptitude test, which and you know some other tests and background tests and all sorts of other stuff. But the first thing you got to do is take this uh, aptitude test, and so I went and took that on Friday, and that was one of the most stressful tests I have ever taken in my life. Oh wow! It's it's <clears throat> at one point. Uh, so so one one way they do it is they flash a number on the screen for like two seconds or a second and a half. Let's just say it's five. Okay? And then they'll flash another number on the screen, two seconds, say it's two. Mm-hmm. Then it'll flash a question mark, and you have to put in the difference between the two numbers, which is in that case is three. Yeah. And then it will flash four or another number. And then you, a question mark, and you have to put in the difference between the last number it the last two numbers that the screen flashed, which in so, that case would be two. So, it, uh, whoa, hold on. So the screen has given you three numbers. The screen gave you a five, five, and a two. Five minus two is three. Mm-hmm. Then you have to do four minus two, because it gave you a four after the two. But in your mind, you're thinking three. I'm thinking three because. I did it, the math it, for it's, it's oh. a, yeah, it's a memory game to get you get you thinking. You get no paper, no nothing to write anything down. You have to do it entirely in your head, no calculator, no nothing. Wow. I was there are about thirty to forty numbers per round, and there are eight rounds, and eight goes boom, 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 boom. This is just one of the like six sections. My eyes as I was doing it, just tunnel vision. On these numbers. I had to get into a rhythm. I was like, 7 minus 5 is 2. 5 minus 4 is 1. 4 minus 3 is 1. 3 minus 3 is... Or 3 minus 2 is 1. 2 minus 7 is 5. And I just had to sit there and just... I literally was sitting there going like... You know, like just whispering to myself. Like it was the most... Oh, no. It gets worse. It gets worse? Oh, my God. There is one part of it where they... Basically, you're looking at a map. We'll mm-hmm. just call it a map, like you would like you would see at an air traffic control station. And they throw balls that are numbered, mm-hmm. like little dots go flying across the screen. Like airplanes. They, huh? Like airplanes. Yeah, like airplanes. But they send anywhere between two and eight to nine at once. And you have to um, eliminate, you have to press on the keypad the number to eliminate that flight. So let's say you've got two two that are flying north and one going this way. 
and you want to eliminate the collisions, mm-hmm. essentially. Well, if you've got these two flying at the same speed, and this guy is going to hit this one and then this one, you're supposed to take out... You want to avoid the collisions, but you want to do it with the least amount possible. So you want to be as efficient and take out the one going that way instead of the two going that way. While you're doing this, you have to answer math questions. Jesus. Yes. It's not fun. It is a hard, mentally hard test. But I am honestly... I don't know how I did. I'll get those results later, but I am pretty damn proud of all of them except one section. The other, the other section, the only section that really gave me a hard time, uh, you have a screen where, where you're looking like down at the earth and they put a large plane and a small plane. And you have to tell the orientation of the large, you have to say whether it's true or false what the orientation is of the small plane compared to the large one. So if this is the large plane mm-hmm. and the small plane is on its right side and the screen says left, it's false. Okay. If it says right, it's true. Okay. And then it flips them all around in different directions. Second time through, it puts an eyeball on the screen. And it's if there's no eyeball, it's from the perspective, you know, that you see the two planes facing. Mm-hmm. If there's an eyeball on the screen, it's from the perspective of the eyeball. So... It oh, could wow. be, you know, the eyeball could be on the side and the small plane is on the right-hand side of the big plane, but it is technically to the left. On, yeah. oh, so, ugh, and ugh. I, I just, I, my brain was so mushed by that point. I was like, just guessing. Oh, shit. Yeah. So that was the only one because I, I kept having to take breaks and stop and mentally break away from it. But so... That was the that was the only one that gave me uh uh that I know I had trouble with. The rest of them, you know, yeah, I had some collisions. Um, but I feel like I made that. I I I was able to download an app that let me practice all this stuff. It, oh, cool. it cost me ten bucks, but I had a ninety dollars worth of credit for Google Play. So oh. yeah. It didn't cost me anything. Anyway. Wow. Well, good luck. I hope you get the job. Mm. Well, we'll see. I've still got twenty five more hoops to jump through. Well. Even if I do well in the test. So I don't expect it. But I'm going to throw my. Yeah, throw your name in the ring. Yeah. Why not? Did you know they have a forced retirement at the age of like 56? I did not. Yes. The, yeah. They force you into retirement then. I guess it, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. So uh, did you have anything else you want to tell everybody? No, no? I'm, I'm good. All right, then. Well, let's talk about this whiskey. Opening the bottle. We've done what we have so often not done on here recently and left the plastic on. It That that has not happened in a long time. Okay, well, uh, as Tyler struggles with that, let me tell you what we're drinking today. Uh, we are going to be drinking Angel's Envy Kentucky Straight Bourbon finished in port wine barrels. Um, so let's read a little bit about Angel's Envy. So in the beginning, Angel's Envy was an idea between father and son. Eventually, a grandson became involved. Our small family brand began to grow. During those early days, we never anticipated just how much growth we'd see. Today, Angel's Envy is a handcrafted small batch whiskey produced by Louisville Distilling Company, a a subsidiary of Bacardi Limited. When Lincoln came out of retirement to create Angel's Envy, it was a It was to collaborate with his son, Wes, on a bourbon finished in port barrels. He had had the idea for years, 
but had never had the chance to explore it previously. It was just as important to Lincoln to be creating a new type of whiskey as it was to be building something with his family. Wes's son Kyle eventually joined his family to help the fledging, fledgling brand and to learn side by side with his grandfather. Rooted in 200 years of bourbon heritage, we create hand-finished spirits that aren't afraid to improve on the classic tradition. Inspired by legendary master distiller Lincoln Henderson's lifetime spent crafting fine spirits, Angel's Envy is our masterpiece. The 5% of spirit lost each year during barrel aging is called the Angel's Share. And after tasting our finished whiskey, Lincoln joked that we'd finally gotten a better deal than the Angel's. And so Angel's Envy was born. If that sounds familiar to you, that would be because we've heard that before. When we did Angel's Envy Rye, way back on episode 59. Um, Which, interestingly enough, we had Shelby's brother, John, John 5 here. And that was a gift from her other brother, one of her other brothers, um, Justin. Wow. And John crapped all over Justin. (laughs) (laughs) He said it was terrible. He gave it a two. Do you have any idea what you gave it? Uh, It's a rye. Probably gave it a seven. Megan gave it a three. Oh, no. She did not like it. (laughs) I, meanwhile, gave it a seven. So I enjoyed it. Um, It was was the one that was very sweet. Oh, Very sugar caney. Okay. Okay. Well. uh, If you're interested in hearing that, go check out uh, episode 59, um, where we talked about... Something. <laughs> Megan is dying over here. Uh, 59, we talked about, oh, a good one. OPEC and the price of gas. Oh, snap. So that's that's relatable as we're about to go into a recession or are already in a recession. Have we ever been out of a recession? <laughs> oh, yeah, we've been out of a recession. Market's been growing for 10, 10 plus years. Ooh. Uh, all right, you've been sniffing. What do you I get? have been. So, um... This is finished in port wine barrels, which I I was wondering if, you know, we would smell any of that. And um, I'm I'm really just getting kind of traditional bourbon smells, um, vanilla, um, caramel, very sweet, very candy-like. Um, I I can't really pick out any anything that's really standing out to me. And again, I've had this sinus infection or whatever's going on. So I know I've been stuffier than normal, so maybe I just am not able to smell as much as I normally can. Um, but for right now, I'm just, it's just vanilla and caramel and just candy, regular sugary candy-type bourbon smells. Um, well, I definitely agree on the uh, vanilla... I get a lot of vanilla. That was the first thing I got was definitely some some alcohol smell. Uh definitely burned my nose hairs. Um but uh you know, second sniff and whatnot it tasted or it tasted. It smelled very vanilla. I got not every single time, but I, I did occasionally get whiffs of fruit. Uh but it was it was to a point where I couldn't really pick out what fruit it was. I could just tell there was some or like a fruity smell to it. Um, so I don't know what exactly 
else we're, we're supposed to be smelling. You're right. It just smells kind of very bourbon-y. Yeah. It, 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 it smells like a bourbon. Um, we are supposed to be smelling vanilla, raisins, maple syrup, and toasted nuts. Which I can get behind. I can get behind the vanilla, the raisins, and the maple syrup. I, I have not been able to get into toasted nuts. I'm not smelling any type of nut in here, toasted or otherwise. I need to toast some nuts so I know what they smell like. Toast these nuts. <laughs> oh, sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I, I would agree. Like I said, maple syrup. I can get that. I can get behind the raisins. I got. I got a fruit. I don't know if I would call it raisiny. I might would call it a little more like cherry. But um, yeah, I can get behind most of that. Oh, Megan! Megan what took a sip. And sh- then she started shaking her head. She looked angry and started like subtly shaking her head. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, it's that bad, huh? What or- in the hell did I just put in my mouth? Um, Where did all the flavor go? It's so bland. What is happening? It's, I- I'm going to have to drink more, obviously, but I just, what in the hell is that? Yeah, I- I'm, I can't disagree with that assessment. Um. I got subtle, subtle fruit on the tip of my tongue. Man, I got a burn when it went down. Um, maybe, maybe the the most subtlest sweetness. Um, but yeah, it honestly just didn't have much flavor. No, um, I mean. I can tell it's alcoholic because of the burn, but if it didn't have the burn, I would say that this is artificial bourbon flavoring. Um, Just for reference, this is 86.6 proof, so not something going to light you on fire, but... I just... It it tastes like bourbon-flavored drink. I got a little bit of sweetness that time. It's so subtle. It's yeah. so subtle. Yeah. That's um that is a very good point. Everything is subtle. I even get after it's sat on my tongue and I've salivated a little bit, I get a little bit of um like an oaky flavor. So I I can get all the notes of bourbon if I look for them, but frankly, this tastes very watered down to me. Yes. Yes. Um I'd be interested um I'd be very interested to know if Angel's Envy does a like a barrel proof. I um, I mean, I don't know. They hope do so. a cask strength. Um I yeah, this is just it's very watered down. Um very plain. And sorry, I'm choking because Megan's I don't have dying. a voice. Okay. Well. Uh, I I mean, yeah, I can look for bourbon flavors and I can get them. I can get, you know, vanilla and, and oak and stuff. But it's not, it's something I actively have to look for. This is bourbon flavored water as of right now. I 
Well, I, I, this is Megan's bottle. Um, I went out and bought it. She asked me specifically if I saw it to buy it for her, and she paid me for it. So this is her bottle. Um, I paid 50 bucks for it, I think, or was it 60? I think it was 60. I think it might have been 60 bucks, just to give you guys some price reference. Um, just looking on their website, though, they do make a cask strength version, and I'm seeing two different. Obviously, it's going to depend on the uh, individual barrel, but I see one that has it listed at 120 proof, and one's 122 proof. So that might give you a little more. That might be something we should. I'll give them one more chance. That might be, yeah, something. I'll give Angel's Envy one more chance. If their barrel strength is still not good, then I'm just going to have to write off Angel's Envy. Well, yeah, it's... um. Uh, mm. oh. Holy shit. Oh, how expensive is it? <laughs> you don't want to know. I do. Uh, Just a quick Google has got it at... Cask strength five ninety nine ninety nine. No, we will not be drinking 2015, that. Twenty fifteen eight ninety nine ninety nine. Twenty fourteen eight forty nine ninety nine. Angel's envy has some cojones. Wow. Um. They need to go sit down. Um. Uh. I just. <laughs> I, yeah. 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 Get okay. Um, Caskers. Okay. Caskers has it for. Five sixty seven ninety nine. No, no, no. We're supposed to be tasting vanilla, ripe fruit, maple syrup, toast, bitter chocolate. Nope. And uh, no, and I don't know what Angel's Envy is thinking, but you need to like sit down and reevaluate your life and your pricing because I can tell you right now, with everything we've had of Angel's Envy so far, you do not have a $500 barrel of whiskey. In your fucking... I am going retin-ay. to do some research here um, <sighs> because I'm curious. I just saw where the Virginia ABC sells it for like 230-something. So I'm curious if I can find it locally. All I can find when I search... Uh, all I can find when I search the Mecklenburg County, which is the city, the county Charlotte's in, is... Angels Envy Rye. So I'm curious if I do the county next door, if they will have they they usually have a pricing guide you can search. You can't actually see what's in stock, but yeah. So let me see if I can if I can find that pricing map real quick. I I wish I had more to say about this. Um just to fill airtime, but I really don't. Uh, it is kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you you go ahead and search that, and uh, wow. Um, well, while I'm searching this, Megan, why don't you take an opportunity after you're done dying to uh, talk to us a little bit about some of our sponsors today? Okay, let's do that. Uh, Whiskey and Wonder is sponsored by Flaviar. If you've been a longtime podcast friend, you'll know that we love Flaviar, and we are super excited that we've partnered with them to bring our listeners all the benefits of a membership to the largest spirits club in the world. With a membership ticket, get up to 14% off every purchase, enjoy products curated for you from boxes with guided tasting sessions to full bottles, skip 
cancel, or upgrade at any time. Flaviar is leading the industry in creating an educated, delicious experience that you can enjoy right at home. Use our promo code WONDER at flaviar.com. Again, promo code is W-O-N-D-E-R at checkout. Whiskey and Wonder is also sponsored by BarkBox. Here at Whiskey and Wonder, we love our dogs just as much as our whiskey, which is why we love our partnership with BarkBox, the monthly subscription service to spoil your pooch. BarkBox will send you two specially themed toys, two bags of treats, and a chew every month. Our pod dogs go crazy seeing their new goodies every month, and their themes are always super exciting, like Star Wars, Harry Potter, and Stranger Things. Get a free box when you sign up using our link at BarkBox.com slash Whiskey and Wonder. And that's Whiskey with an E. All right. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, partners. Yes. Thank you. Thank you to both Flaviar and BarkBox. We, we really appreciate them partnering with us. I have found the pricing for the retail price for Angel's Emmy Cash Strength. It is $230 at our local ABC stores. So if you want to spend $230, you can see if the Cash Strength has more flavor. So with that note, we'll move it on. It's time for the wonder segment. All right. Just making sure we're still on schedule here. Time to put me big on the screen. You guys get to look at my ugly mug. Oh, the big man. It's time to do the wonder segment. Oh, yeah. Um, So, and actually, it it took me a long while to settle on this week's topic. So, Megan, a little behind the scenes. Megan and I used to have a schedule that we stuck to. Um, just because it worked better for us individually throughout the week as to who did the wonder segment, blah, blah, blah. And then we got all jacked up recently. And so <laughs> we have just, I, I, it was one of those things where we had to communicate again, like whose turn is it this time? So uh, once I finally did figure out it was my turn and then I was like, oh crap, what the hell am I going to do this on? Uh, I, I, racked my brains. I double and triple checked my list of podcasts that I keep on my phone. Um, but nothing ever really just kind of jumped out at me like, yeah, this is an awesome topic. You need to do me, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, eh. I even had a couple people that like made some suggestions and I was like, yeah, that, okay, that's a fallback, but I just, I don't, I don't have the yeah. passion about it. So, and that for me is is huge. I need to have the passion for mm-hmm. doing the research. Um, so naturally, I did what I always do. I turned to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> hey. And guess what? The internet delivered a big fat zero two. Oh I no! Got, I got nothing. Um, so I kept thinking on it, and then a couple days later, I was browsing Reddit of all places, and that's where I saw it. I saw two words that sparked it. And I was like, okay, that's a great topic, at least for me. Okay. Those two words were the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, my God. 
well, let me just go to my list and cross that one oh, out. Oh, good, good. I have taken several. This is like the third one I've taken from Megan. I, <laughs> all right. Well, I am so excited for this. This oh, is. Okay, well, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. Okay. Let me, let me, uh, I'll skip. I will skip and I'll read my concluding paragraph. Uh-oh. Because I'll, I'll go ahead and spoil you. Uh-oh. <clears throat> I realize we're probably running a little long here. And I didn't intend for this to be a two-parter when I started. But here we are. And that's where I'm going to stop there so that I don't spoil anything else. So this has become a two-parter. Tyler is doing a two-parter. Part uh, what episode. Can I, what can I say? It won't be next week. It will be the following week. We will get back on our schedule for Megan. Okay. For Megan's sake, but in two weeks we will follow this up. So, without further ado, we're going to talk about the Bermuda Triangle. So I'm so excited, uh, and I'm sure you like me. You know, you grew up hearing all the stories of of how ships and planes and people would just go missing in this vast area, and despite the technology. You know, usually it was, it was, there might be a reason, there might not be. It was all just chalked up to, to kind of spooky, ooh, this, this, everything <laughs> goes away in here. You know, something's, something's killing people over here. Uh, and honestly, for me, it's been several years since I even thought about the Bermuda Triangle. I've even flown through it myself. Ooh. Yes. When Wait. I went to Puerto Rico, when I was a high schooler. I flew through the Bermuda Triangle. I flew from Charlotte to Puerto Rico. Well, you're still here. Ah, uh, shocking. <laughs> um, honestly, like like I said, it's been so long since I even have really thought about it. I'd forgotten most of the details, other than basically what I've just said. Like it, it claimed a bunch of ships and airplanes mm-hmm. and stuff, and we never really, never really understood why or how. Even if we did, even if we thought we had ideas, yeah. So that was my sign. It's time to relearn about one of the things that creeped me out the most as a child. The Bermuda Triangle. The triangle is made up of an area that ranges from 500,000 to 1.5 million square miles, depending upon the source. According to NOAA, which is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the Bermuda Triangle is the area of the Atlantic Ocean that forms a triangle between Miami, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and the island of Bermuda. Other sources, however, do vary in the specific locations that form the triangle, with some getting as ridiculous as the coast of Ireland oh. being one of the triangle's points. <laughs> you people are crazy. It's not that big. That's probably a man. Hee-haw, <laughs> <laughs> hee-haw. Eh, sorry, I couldn't resist. You're brilliant. Um, that was great. Uh, despite all this, uh, the NOAA points are the ones that are most commonly referred to and commonly associated with the Bermuda Triangle, so we're going to go based off of that. Uh, the legend of the Bermuda Triangle began in the mid-19th century when completely abandoned ships began being found with no signs of why they had been abandoned. Other ships would just disappear without seeing, sending any sort of distress signal, just poof, gone, never to be seen again. As technology advanced and aircraft began traveling through this area, uh, before long, similar occurrences started happening. Aircraft would fly into the triangle and mysteriously go missing. All of these would occur without a shred of wreckage ever being spotted at all, or most of these, not all of these, most. 
It is estimated that more than 50 ships and 20 airplanes have disappeared while traveling through the triangle. And let's take a look at a few notable disappearances and what may or may not have caused them. We're going to start with HMS, and please forgive me on this name, Atalanta. Yes, it's spelled exactly like Atlanta with an A in between the T and the L. And At- I'm Atalanta. Atalanta. I'm so used to saying Atlanta, I am going to screw it up many times. Okay. So, HMS Atalanta was a former British warship that was serving as a training ship at the British Royal Navy Dockyard in Bermuda in 1880. On January 31st, it set sail for England, but only a few short days into the voyage, she disappeared. The search for the ship attracted worldwide interest, but no definitive answer was ever found. It was concluded ultimately that the ship sank during a powerful storm. There were reports of, quote, immense wreckage by the crew of the gunboat HMS Avon when it arrived in England after traveling close to the Azores. Now, for anybody like me, anybody out there listening, you have no idea where the Azores are. The Azores, well, they're a set of volcanic islands in the Atlantic Ocean about 850 miles west of Portugal. Just for reference, that's about 2,000 miles east of Bermuda, which is already God knows how far off the East Coast. That is yeah. so far. It's literally in a, like a, it's the outskirts of a big bay in France. That's how far this shipwreck debris, so, if, it, if it was this ship, drifted. I bet it wasn't the Atalanta. Exactly. Mm-mm. That is a hell of a long way for debris to float. Yeah, there's no way. No one, one former member of the Atalanta crew, John Varling, and he was a crewman prior to it becoming a training ship when it was a warship. He testified that during his service on the ship, he noticed that when it was carrying a heavy load, it would roll to 32 degrees. So you know how ships can kind of weave a wobble in the water? Mm-hmm. It would do that 32 degrees over. Just for... Uh, the record, I looked up what current ships can do. Keep in mind, this is the 1880s. Uh, current ships can go about 60 degrees, cruise ships, before they roll. That's freaking impressive. That's, al- that, that's almost 90 degrees. That's, that's, that's a like, steep angle. That's like this. You said it's cruise ships or? Cruise ships can go 60 degrees. Oh, my God. They're designed that way. Do you know how terrifying that would be to be on a cruise ship and just like... Yeah, I'd ship my pants. Yeah. It's a 100% 100 on the ship my pants scale. 100, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, so this ship, he noticed that it would roll to 32 degrees. Obviously, 1880, they probably weren't supposed to roll too much further than that. They didn't have the technology. Uh, He suggests that it may have rolled a little bit further, and that could have caused the ship to capsize and sink. He also noted that the men training on the ship were probably not experienced enough to handle whatever was happening to cause the ship to roll. This became a serious concern as the boat had more than 250, quote, lads and only 11 able seamen. Sailors, not, not. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. 
<laughs> it was thought that the inexperienced sailors were too afraid to, quote, go aloft in a gale to take down sail, end quote. Mm. Almost six months later, about 200 miles off the coast of France. Oh, this is the bay I was talking about earlier. I'm sorry. I got it all jacked up. Almost six months later, about 200 miles off the coast of France, a German ship came across a wreck that was floating upside down. Basically, the hull was the only thing visible floating. And it was assumed that this was the remainder of HMS at Atalanta. No one got out of the German ship to check its name? Apparently not. In all, none of the 281 crew members were ever found. That's sad. There's a memorial, uh, I think, in Portsmouth, England, which is where the ship was originally headed when it when it went missing. So, um, so that's one. That was kind of the first one, the one that that started a lot of stories. Um, and it definitely it was the first one to get like worldwide attention. So now we're going to move on to Flight 19, which this sounded very familiar to me. I'm not sure if we covered this or if I've heard this on another podcast before. Okay. But does Flight 19 sound familiar to you? That Yeah, that sounds familiar. Okay. Do you have any idea what it is? Uh, no, not okay. off the top of my head. I'll let you know, though. All right. <clears throat> Flight 19 was the designation for a group of five torpedo bombers that were performing a training flight for the U.S. Navy off the coast of southern Florida on December 5th, 1945. The training flight was led by Lieutenant Charles Taylor, who had flown, who had around 2,500 flying hours and had already completed a tour in the Pacific as a torpedo bomber on board the aircraft carrier USS Hancock. Taylor was training uh, four Marines who had all completed several training missions in the area. The Marines were Edward Powers, George Stivers, Forrest Gerber, and Joseph Tipton. Each of these students had 300 flight hours. So everybody's been in the plane for a decent amount of time. To start, Taylor arrived late. What a jackass. He pushed their departure time from 1345 to 1410, which if you're not familiar with military time is 145 p.m. to 210 p.m., which was about a 25-minute delay. As the five went through their pre-flight checklists, they all noted that their aircrafts were completely normal, except for the discovery that none of the aircraft had a clock. This was ultimately decided not to be an issue, as each pilot had their own watch. Okay. So, we proceed to takeoff. At takeoff, the Fort Lauderdale Naval Air Station describes the weather as, quote, favorable, sea state, moderate to rough. End quote. All right. So we got good good flying conditions. Mm-hmm. Only thing we're missing is a clock. But, but we got a watch. We got watches. So, so we're, we're fine. We're good. The mission, the training mission, involved three parts. Part one was the fly due east, about 65 miles to some shoals known as, quote, chicken rocks, where they would practice low-level bombing during the second leg. They were to continue flying east for another 77 miles, where they would then turn and head north for 84 miles, passing over Grand, uh, is it Bahama or Bahama? Bahama. Grand Bahama, 
That's what I, I've always heard. I always thought the island was called Grand Bahama, but the islands were called the Bahamas. Anyway, Grand Bahama Island. They flew north over that. For the third part of the leg, they would turn back to the southwest and fly 140 miles back to Fort Lauderdale to end the mission. One of the students was to lead the mission while Taylor supervised. Pretty simple. Make a triangle. You go this way, then you go this way. Actually, I'm sorry. You go this way. You bomb some chicken shit. Chicken shoals, I mean. You fly this way a little more, then you go up, and then you go back. Easy peasy. Yeah. At 1410, the five aircraft take off from Fort Lauderdale, and they fly to Chicken Rock and perform their bombing runs. This is confirmed because at 1500, other aircraft heard one of the Marine pilots over the radio asking for permission to drop his last bomb. About 40 minutes later, another flight instructor, Lieutenant Robert Cox, who was prepping his group of trainees to perform the exact same mission, received a radio transmission from an unidentified source. The transmission asked Powers for his compass reading, to which Powers replied, quote, I don't know where we are. We must have gotten lost after that last turn. Uh-oh. End, end quote. Cox immediately radioed the following transmission. This is FT-74, plane or boat calling Powers. Please identify yourself so someone can help you. After a few moments, Cox heard the group talking amongst themselves again, requesting information from the other aircraft in the party. Cox attempted a second time, which Taylor received and responded to. Cox replied asking, quote, what's your trouble? To which Taylor replied the following response. Both of my compasses are out, and I'm trying to find Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm over land, but it is broken. I'm sure I'm in the Keys, but I don't know how far out, and I don't know how to get to Fort Lauderdale. So at this point, Cox informs the Naval Air Station that the aircraft are lost, and then he advises Taylor to put the sun on his port wing, which is left, and to fly up the coast of Florida to Fort Lauderdale. Let's do a little deductive reasoning here. It's, what I say, 1500 so, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, okay? If you're at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in the northern hemisphere, the sun is going to set in the west. If you put the sun at your west wing, you are flying north. If you're in the Keys, you should ultimately hit Florida. Right, yeah. That's, I mean... All right. Yeah. So, that's, that's his reasoning. That's where we're at. <clears throat> um, by this time... The base that Cox had alerted had keyed into this conversation, and they had asked Taylor if his aircraft was, was equipped with a transmitter that would allow them to triangulate his position, but Taylor never acknowledged this transmission. At 16.45, Taylor radioed, quote, we are heading 030 degrees for 45 minutes, then we will fly north to make sure that we are not over the Gulf of Mexico, in transmission, or quote. Basically, 030 means that they were flying north. They were flying north, but slightly east. Um, the base could not locate where Taylor thought he was, and they could not pick up his transmitter signal to triangulate the craft. Taylor was asked to switch frequencies to the search and rescue frequency, to which he replied, I cannot switch frequencies. I must keep my planes intact. Shortly after, at 1656, Taylor was again asked to turn on his transmitter, but he never acknowledged this transmission. He did radio that the group was changing course to 090 degrees 
which is due east, for 10 minutes. In response, someone in the flight group said, quote, Damn it, if we just fly west, we would get home. Head west, damn it. End quote. This later would lead to questioning as to why the students never broke off and headed west, but followed Taylor, and ultimately was attributed to military discipline and following orders. The weather began to turn, resulting in uh, worsening radio contact. At 1724, Taylor asked for a weather update and then radioed that the party was turning and heading due west and would fly this direction until they either saw land or ran out of gas. By 1750, several land-based radio stations were able to triangulate the flight's position, and it was determined that they were somewhere within a 120-mile radius from a point off the eastern coast of central Florida. But this transmission was, again, never acknowledged by Taylor. At 1804, Taylor radioed that they were, quote, holding 270, which means they're flying due west. We didn't fly far enough east. We may as well just turn around and fly east again, end quote. At this point, darkness had fallen and the weather had gotten worse. At 1820, Taylor's last communication was received. He was heard saying, quote, all planes close up tight. We'll have to ditch unless landfall. When the first plane drops below 10 gallons, we all go down together, end quote. As all of this was happening, all aircraft, bases, and ships in the area were alerted to keep an eye out for the lost flight. Search and rescue, rescue aircraft were dispatched to search for the flight and to guide them in, but none ever saw traces of the aircraft or its wreckage, or their wreckage. One of the planes dispatched to search for the missing group called in a routine radio message at 1930 and then was never heard from again. At 2115, a tanker, SS Gaines Mills, reported seeing a 100-foot explosion that burned for 10 minutes off the coast of central Florida. The captain, Shauna Stanley, reported that they searched for survivors, quote, through a pool of oil and aviation gasoline, end quote, but that they did not find any. The USS Solomons also reported losing radar contact with an aircraft at the same time and location as the explosion. In all, the five aircraft were, were all lost along with the search and rescue aircraft. So the U.S. Navy investigated the incident, and they released, uh, they released the following findings in a 500-page report. First thing they found is Taylor had mistakenly identified the small islands that they had passed over as the Florida Keys, resulting in him thinking his flight was over the Gulf of Mexico, when in fact... The islands they were seeing were the Bahamas as scheduled. This resulted in him leading his party northeast, thinking they're in the Gulf of Mexico, thinking they would run into Florida, but instead he was leading them out over the Atlantic Ocean. The report did note that some of the subordinates did appear to have known roughly where they were at, where they, roughly where they were at based on that transmission, let's just fly west. We'll get home if yeah. we just fly west. Jesus. <coughs> Taylor did not switch to the search and rescue. Uh, the, sec the, other one, the second main thing that they released was that Taylor did not switch to the search and rescue frequency when uh, requested to do so, choosing instead to remain on the training frequency. 
The training frequency often received interference from Cuban radio stations, and this played a role in transmission difficulties. They also ruled that Taylor was not at, ruled. They determined that Taylor was not at fault since his compasses had stopped working. And there's a little one other note I want to make on that one once I'm done, uh, or after this one. The search and rescue plane had crashed due to an explosion on board. So the third one, that Taylor was not at fault since his compasses had stopped working. Um, Taylor's mother, actually, I didn't include this in here, but I read it in multiple sources. His mother um, basically uh, I don't want to say through a fit, but demanded that they not blame him because they couldn't, they'd never recovered the aircraft and never recovered the bodies. And so they didn't have any evidence to blame him and say it was his fault. Mm. Um, so it sounds like that one's kind of a technicality. Yeah. So let's move on to the USS Cyclops. We're going to dive in and hopefully we have enough time to get through this. I know we're running a little bit long. I knew we would be. The USS Cyclops was a bulk cargo ship built for the U.S. Navy in 1910. On February 16, 1918, the USS Cyclops left port from Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, destined for Baltimore, Maryland. The ship was carrying manganese ore for munitions production for World War I. If you'll recall, this is in the middle of World War I. Four days after departing Brazil, Cyclops pulled into port in Salvador, where it spent two days before heading onward to Baltimore. Let's talk a little bit about the ship, the condition of the ship prior to it leaving Brazil. A report was submitted stating that the starboard engine, which is right, had a cracked cylinder and was not, op- not operating. It was determined that the ship should be returned to the U.S. for repairs And so, okay, well, we'll sail it up to Baltimore and then get it repaired. Okay, cool. It stopped in Salvador as a scheduled supply stop. After leaving Salvador, the ship made an unscheduled stop in Barbados as the water level was higher than the Plimsoll line. Now, the Plimsoll line is a line that shows where the ship should be sitting in the water. Basically... This line, it shouldn't be below the water level. If it is, you got a problem. And it was underwater. And the sh- the, basically, the crew, it looked to the crew like the ship was overweight. However, investigations that were performed in Brazil uh, determined that the ship had been loaded properly and was not overweight. It's Brazil. I don't know how much you trust them. but On March 4th, Cyclops set out once again for Baltimore, this time from Barbados. The tanker ship, Emolco, was rumored to have spotted the Cyclops near Virginia on March 10th, but the captain of the Emolco denied this. The location also didn't make sense for the Cyclops' schedule because it would have put the ship where they spotted them was about a day away from Baltimore and that it was several days ahead of their schedule. So 
It seemed like a weird place to see that ship. But despite all this, on its expected arrival date in Baltimore, the Cyclops never showed up, and none of the crew or wreckage were ever found. All those on board were actually pronounced dead on June 1st, 1918. There were multiple theories that popped up as to why the ship disappeared. One popular theory was that the ship was attacked by a German submarine or other warship. Another theory believes that there was a serious design flaw in these type of ships that resulted in the erosion of necessary structural components. This was theorized later when sister ships of the Cyclops began having serious structural issues. The theory states that due to corrosive due to the corrosive nature of some of the cargo these ships carried, they would damage the structure, some of the I-beams that, that were vitally important. Weather reports indicate uh, that on March 10th, the day that the Amalico supposedly spotted Cyclops near Virginia, uh, that a violent storm passed along the Virginia coast, leading to the generally accepted theory as to what sank the USS Cyclops. The storm combined with the overloaded ore potentially we and the overloaded ore the potentially weakened structure and the engine trouble is all thought to have combined to cause the cyclops to sink basically just the perfect storm hit the perfect storm <laughs> um so as you guys have heard already i realize <laughs> we're probably running a little long here and I didn't intend for this to be a two-parter when I started, but here we are, and we've only looked at three examples of the many vessels that the Bermuda Triangle has claimed. We haven't explored any potential causes, scientific or otherwise, for why this area may be known for all the missing ships, planes, people, wrecks, whatever you want to call them. So, in two weeks, we will dive back in. We're going to look at one, possibly two more disappearances, wrecks, etc., and then we'll step away from the what aspect and we'll look a little more into the why and how aspects of the Bermuda Triangle. So. Nice. All right. Nice. Yeah? Yeah. That was very, ah. Uh, very good. Very good. All right. Much excited. Great, great success. All right, then. Well. We'll move it right along then. I know we're running a little long. Trivia with Tyler. <clears throat> this one actually fits quite well. Ooh. William Dampier, or Dampier, I don't know if he was French was a pirate scientist who studied botany, zoology, and the ocean. He supposedly circumnavigated the world three times, landed in Australia eight decades before Captain Cook, and influenced Darwin's thinking on the mutation of species. He was also probably the first European to smoke marijuana. Ha! So, good job on you. William Dampier. All right, Mr. Dampier. So. Now, on before we forget. 
real time. I love that drop. I sure wish we could use it more. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this uh, was an email we did receive on October 9th. Um, and it says, y'all, I have to say that I super enjoyed the Night Stalker episode. <coughs> Jamie did a fucking fantastic job, enjoyed the chemistry, and just couldn't stop laughing at the commentary. I always wanted to know more about this topic, and it was amazing. Also, congrats on getting sponsored. I will be ordering bark boxes for my critters soon. Great to see how far the show has come. Keep up the good work, guys. Cheers, friend Morgan. So thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, yes, thank you. Thank you, friend Morgan. Uh, we apologize for uh, not getting to it last week. Um, it, it's been a while for mail time. So It has. But thank you for emailing us. We appreciate yes. it. Yes, if you um, would like to send us an email... Uh, contact at whiskeyandwonder.com or shoot comment on YouTube. We'll, hell, we'll read those mm-hmm. if you, if you want to leave a message there and you know, we're, we're, let us know if you like today's topic, if you're excited for the next one, if you, if you like Angel's Envy or if you hate Angel's Envy, let us know. Yeah. You know, we yeah, want, we want to hear. the loop. We want to know. Comments, emails, thumbs up, thumbs down. We just, know you guys are here and we know you're listening. Yeah. We get, we get notifications about views we can see yeah you guys are here (laughs) you just don't want to talk to us well all right i guess it's uh it's time for us to take the last little swigs of these whiskeys final thoughts did you put water in yours i did Okay. It did nothing to change it. Ooh, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't drank it yet. Oh, my B. Sorry, sorry. Let me know what you think. Maybe it changed it a little bit, but I mean, it it's... That didn't change it for you? It. I guess it got a little bit more... I, don't, I can't think of, like... It still was bland, but I, I mean, maybe I just did. I don't know. You apparently think it changed it. It brought a lot of flavor out. Really? You think? Okay. Yeah. I got fruit. I got more vanilla. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think you put enough water in. I don't think I put enough in. Okay. I honestly, I was kind of trying to hit a drop, so I might have got a little extra water in for for all I know. Okay. Yeah. Your your cup is a lot better than mine was okay. with water. So yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So definitely, definitely more flavor with a couple drops of water. For um, sure. Probably it's an ice, ice, ice. I, <clears throat> I, I just got to admit, I just don't. I think I'm a fan of the giant ice ball. I think I'd rather just put a splash of water in. Okay. Um, I I just feel like it dilutes it over time, and it's not for me. That's just not enjoyable. Okay, fair. The last little swigs of it are just more water than they are whiskey. Fair. Um, well, Tyler, I mean that did give it more flavor, but I don't. I don't know if it made up for everything else. Um, I'm. I'm pretty disappointed, Angel's Envy. I'm pretty disappointed. 
Let's see, I gave the rye a three. Yeah. I think this this one's getting a two. Oof. Mm-hmm. Sad. Sorry. I'm very disappointed. I paid a lot of money for this bottle. And it sucks. Hmm. Well. <clears throat> I gave the rye a seven. I liked it, unlike John and Megan. Um, what did I say? John gave it a two? I think he gave it a two. I gave it a three. Yeah, I'd make sure I didn't get that backwards. Yeah, John gave it a two. You gave it a three. Okay. Um, well, I wasn't going to be very far off uh, until I added water. Now that I've added water to it, I would probably... I... I try not to take price into account for these things. Mm. But there's just so much better you can get for this price. For less than this price. Mm-hmm. Um It wasn't bad. It just I wouldn't buy it again. Yeah. Because of the Price point. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give it a four. Okay. But I would drink it, wouldn't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. And if I was drinking it, it would be with water. Yeah, I think this is one that's uh, I'm going to be sharing with some D&D peeps and yeah. Well, I think that's how it's going to go. Excuse me. There's that fall cough. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that about does it. We're episode 95 this week. Holy crap. Wow, guys. 95. That just blows my mind. Yep. Where does the time go? Right. Um, I guess uh, I guess that wraps it up. Uh, we mm-hmm. want to shout out again. Thank you to everybody who supports the podcast. Yes, thank you so much. Everything you do just helps beyond what you even re- realize. So thank you guys so much. If um, you guys, uh, real quick, if y'all liked, uh, if you like Angel's Envy, let us know in the comments. If you like uh, the rye, let us know in the mm-hmm. comments as well. I mean, I, I particularly enjoyed the rye. Um and if you know if you if you have any stories about the Bermuda Triangle or how it, you know any kind of spooky, like I said, I learned a lot about this in my childhood. It always creeped me out as a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you have any short stories to share like that, you know, email us contact at whiskeywonder dot com. Comment, um, just let us know. We want to hear from you guys. For sure, for sure. All right. Well, on that note, guys, I think it's time we get out of here. Thank you so much. We. Um, Look forward to seeing you next week, and we hope you stick around and keep on listening to us. Um, Don't drink and drive. Cheers. (laughs) God, I'm out of practice. God, I'm out of practice.